0: Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter number 27. While you're turning I will say this. A great big thank you to everyone that came the first time we put the tent up, and then last Sunday you came again and we put the tent up all in the same week. Uh, Due to a storm, uh, our tent was blown down, but many of you rose to the occasion, and Brother Terry Head came to me and said, I've never seen a church like Mount Gilead that has a mind to work like what they have, and uh, I can't say enough of how proud I am of you, our church family, the work ethic that you have, and your willingness to serve, uh, to to just see people saved. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm indebted to you for all that you have done, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. So uh, by the end of the week, yesterday morning, when the tent was going down, we had reports of four people that had given their heart and soul to Jesus Christ to be saved. Four precious souls, and I am so blessed to have been a part of that. And it was so good. And uh, the Lord does deserve a hand of applause for His work that He has done. Uh, And all week long, there have been many thoughts going through my mind. Where do storms come from, and who's in control of storms, and uh, why the Lord does certain things that He does. Um, I want to say that every storm that comes in our life may not be of God, but God may send us a storm to stop us or help us in the long run in the grand scheme of things. And so I want to take a text today from the book of Acts chapter number 27. And those of you that study your Bible, you know that this is a very, very crucial place in Paul's life. And I remind you as we read these verses that Paul was on a ship. In fact, you'll see that he boards two or three ships in this story as he's going on his journey Uh, to Rome. uh, And Paul is being sent there as a prisoner to serve the church of the living God. I want to try to preach today uh, from verse number four, excuse me, verse number 13 rather, We'll read verse number 14 as well, but I want to I go to the end of this chapter and look at verse number 38, uh, 39, 40, and 41. And then we're going to jump back and read the other two verses which we have named already. Follow with me, please. The Bible says in verse number 38, And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now notice what's on board This ship is getting ready to go down. Uh, They're getting ready to see the ship destroyed, but we see automatically in this verse that there is wheat on board. Anybody remember the reference in the Bible that Jesus said, I am the bread of life? What do we make bread out of? It's wheat, ground up wheat. And the Bible says in this verse, When they had eaten enough, they had lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. So they'd had a meal, and now they have eaten, broken a fast, and now they're eating for their strength. And when it was day, they knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore, and into into the which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves under the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. It almost sounds like they're headed home, doesn't it? To heaven. Anchors had been raised up. They committed themselves to the sea and they just loosed the rudder bands. Thank God that's what I'm doing right now. Loose the rudder bands and made toward the shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart forepart struck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. So this is what's going on in this storm with Paul. And not only Paul, but if you read this whole chapter, you'll find out that there were 276 souls that were on ship here with Paul. So there was a great multitude of people there. Let's jump back to verse number 13. And I'm going to try to tie these verses together. This is what the Lord woke me up with today. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. So we've already read about the storm that they were in, but now verse number 13 says that they were in a mindset that it was just going to be an easy time in the life of this sailing. How many of us today have gotten up in the day and the south wind was blowing softly in our lives and you thought that everything was going to be okay, but let's read verse number 14. But not long after... After there arose against it a tempestuous wind called a Euryclidon. The storm had come. They supposed that they were going to sail on through Crete and on into Rome with this south wind blowing softly. I'm going to ask you a question today. Where do uh, the clouds gather from and the storms come from in life? Why is it that some days are easier Than others, and I believe that I can convince you this morning through the reading of God's word that not every storm that comes our way is a storm uh, a storm sent from God, but sometimes God does send storms to us, as He has said in verse number fourteen. I believe that this storm was from God. If we just sailed softly in life, and there was nothing to bother us, and we'd we would uh, go with the rest of uh, the world today with this spirit of easy believeism that once you get saved everything's going to be okay nothing's going to bother you anymore you're going to have plenty to eat you're going to have plenty in your bank account there'll be no sickness so forth and so on and if we just believe that uh, that easy believeism mentality then then why what would be the purpose of preaching and teaching the word of god anymore I'd like to take, uh, take you this morning uh, to verse number seven and look at this verse. I want to show you what God is up to. And when he had sailed slowly, or when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Nitus, the wind not suffering us. Now notice there's another mention to wind. In suffering us, we sailed under Crete, over against Salmon. So the wind refuses to cooperate with the will of God for the Apostle Paul and the Christians that were on board. I believe this morning chapter number 27 is a pivotal place not only for Paul, but for us that study church history in our lives. You ever think about what was on board that ship? Not only was Paul on board on that ship, but there were other prisoners. There were other people that were there that were going on to Rome to no doubt to worship. Uh, in a way that was not fitting according to scripture anybody remember what Rome actually represents from this day forward even today in Rome the bible said the bible says that in Rome they were going but in Rome they, some people have said made reference to this that all ships end up in Rome well it's in Rome today that we see the deeds that the writer would write in John in the book of Revelation where the deeds of the Nicolaitans. It's a religious place. It is there where that people are taking uh, uh, their orders and their steps from uh, a religious system that we know today in the book of Revelation that speaks of a whorish religion. I want to say this morning that it's not by happenstance, it's not secondary thought. This is what God is doing uh, for us as believers as Paul is a prisoner going to Rome. And I love this morning that when the wind refuses to cooperate as it does in verse number 7 and in verse number 13 that God just may make a storm develop to stop a certain work that's going on around us through no fault of our own. The Apostle Paul is a unique man because it was through him. It wasn't through, if you, if you remember the Bible, you studied the book of Acts. It's a transitory a book uh, of, uh, from the, the, the disciples, all the apostles. And it starts in at about uh, chapter 5 and 6 with the closing of Peter's ministry and then now leading into Paul's ministry. Think about this. Paul is on this ship a prisoner and on board the reason why he couldn't die, the reason why the other people couldn't die is because you've got not only Paul on there, but you've got the book of Ephesians that's still yet to be written. You've got the book of Philippians still yet to be written. You've got the book of Colossians still yet to be written. Not, to, not only that, but Philman and all the pastoral epistles that still had not been written by the apostle Paul, but a storm had come up. And you know what the devil was trying to do? He was trying to stop the Bible from being written. I want to say this morning that I love my Bible more now than ever I love the Word of God but nothing else makes sense to me I'm thankful for a copy of the Word of God that I can go to and find strength and help in in the time of need but could you imagine sitting in this service today in Acts 27 had there not been a storm a great storm to come and stop everybody on board that was hopefully going to sail softly with this south wind And go on to Rome and there get a distorted view of what true Christianity really is. Now, the Apostle Paul was no fool. He knew what was going on and he sensed the presence of God while a prisoner on this ship. And sometimes I think that many of God's people are captivated by the minds of others and they're brought into some kind of a a way of thought where that this is just as good as it's ever going to be for me and I'm just going to settle for second best. But you don't have to settle for second best. Apostle Paul was the chief man on board for he was carrying the word of God in his mind and in his heart yet to be delivered to the early church Christians and to the rest of the world. Wind refers in the, in the Bible of many different things. You remember uh, the great prophet of God, Elijah? Elijah was there alone with the Lord, and the Bible says that there was a, a great wind that come as he was hiding in that cave. And there's a reference to wind there, the power of God and all that he was doing, but God wasn't speaking in that wind. In fact, you read on that it was in the still, small voice of God. Elijah got his message from the Lord. Let's go on to the New Testament in this same book, in the book of Acts. You also remember on the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed into existence and there uh, the believers were gathered together in that one place and the Spirit of God came and descended. The Bible likens the Spirit of God unto wind as the wind blows through them and And there the Spirit and the power of God touches the believers that were there and they became uh, the church by and through the act of wind. I love how that Jesus even speaks of wind in the New Testament when he says you can see the wind through the effects of what it does, but yet you cannot discern which way it goes and whither it comes and the wind blows and the Holy Spirit is like that for us as believers. We know the wind and we understand it. There are winds that are not the winds of God. you study this, you'll find in verse number 13 that they hoped to have a south wind that would just continue to blow softly. They wanted an easy way. And that's what the devil wants for all of us. But I remind you what the Bible says. And I'm going somewhere with this today that there's a way that's a broad way that leadeth unto death and destruction. But the narrow way... Jesus says is a not so easy way, and there are not, not going to be many on that road. Just because it's easier, just because that it's uh, a way that just seems like it's uh, uh, easier for me. I, I have my breaks, I have my time off, I get what I need, just in bits and pieces does not mean that it's from God. And I ask you a question this morning. Where did that storm come from the other day? The other day when we all left in a panic to go put the tent up. I will say this, I don't believe that the devil has power to take the stars and move them. and the, uh, I, I, I don't believe he can move the clouds the way that he wants them. I believe that that's in God's power. But I will say this, the devil can take loose tent stakes and move them. Friend, what I'm saying this morning is that God just might have sent a storm uh, in our lives to stop us or to awaken us to some things that He wants to do in our lives. That storm that came last Sunday, there were people that came to, in, in, in an attack to try to work together and get that temp back up. Uh, they, they, young people that weren't there the first time that came the second time, and some of them were the ones that got saved. Storm that God may have made just for us. They may say, well, preacher, it just about killed us. And it may have. But tell me how that when that fabric hit the stage and fell on the ground, how come we didn't have but one chair that was broken? Why, even the flowers that were up on the stage to beautify that experience, every single one of them survived it underneath all that fabric and all those poles and those chairs that had flopped around. I say that God sent it. God sent it. And then it made the people to have a mind to work. Uh, the, wind, the wind up to that time had been somewhat easy. It had been an easy time for most everybody except for maybe me. I never had three flat tires in one week. But I did. I spent a lot of time going to the tire stores and even sending my son to meet me on the side of a mountain to go fix tires. One of the ladies this week asked me "Said Preacher, seems like you're under a lot of pressure I said, lady, if you'd just follow me around For just one day For one day Would you do it again? I sure would I sure would But sometimes God develops storms And he makes things a little bit dangerous So that he can hone in In our lives Some things that he wants to do Now just suppose that the Apostle Paul Had not well let's say he died and everybody on board would have died but that night there was an angel that came and stood by him and God developed this storm to stop the ones who they thought were in control to humble them down so that all that they could see was God think about that all that they could see was God for the first time in their life so Paul's a prisoner and the people that had uh, made him a prisoner now they couldn't say anything against God God had caused them to not even be able to see the Sun the moon or the stars for 14 days the wind was boisterous all around them and they were so afraid for their lives the Bible says that they didn't even eat anything but when they realized that it was in a contest for their own lives Paul said, for this night the angel of God stood by me and he spoke to me and assured me that there'll be no loss of life if you listen to what I'm going to say and do. So now the roles were reversed. Instead of these men being in charge of Paul, Paul becomes in charge of them. And only God can do that. And it was through a storm that God does it. You see, the devil wants us to have a distorted view of who God is and what he is able to do. And if sometimes we don't have a little bit of dangerous experiences in Christianity, you might ought to check up and see where you stand with God. Nowhere in this Bible are we promised an easy way in Christianity and serving the Lord. In fact, it's going to cost us something. Every day that we get up, it's going to cost us something to be right with God. And I don't want to be a compromising Christian to the Bible. The family, the man, the the man of God that compromises the Word of God and what it says. In other words, not believing the Word of God and walking in the right way in the Word of God. If you compromise that, you may have easy sailing. The devil may not bother you. I want to tell you this morning, the man that decides in his heart that he's going to be right and live right, you just well buckle down, especially in these last days. And I believe that chapter number 27 is a picture and in a type of what the, the, the church will be doing just before the Lord Jesus comes. It's a time of great danger. Did you ever dream that we'd see a day where that people, even in Georgia, if you read your news and went to the, uh, the news this week, you saw where that there are men that had broken into schools and fled on foot. When I wonder why they were there, what they were up to. You've got to ask yourself this question, are we really safe anymore in this adulterous and sinful generation that you and I live in? You look at people in their eyes and you wonder what they're thinking and what kind of dilemma is going on in their soul. And I want to say to you this morning, the only safety that we have as a believer is in the Word of God and staying true to the Lord in these last days. Paul says in in these verses, he says, and I don't have time to read it all, he says that, uh, that if they'd pray and they'd fast and take the bread that was on this ship and eat it, and by the way, Jesus said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We don't spend time together. And I want to say, listen to me. I'm convicted of this and believe it now more than ever. The highlight of every single service that we have is not the singing, though we need it. The highlight of every service is not to draw attention to ourselves in some manner, in some way, so that people see us. The highlight of every service is when the word of God is being opened and the preacher is preaching from the Bible. And it's not about me, it's about the word of God going out and finding a lodging place. Amen. Or oh me. And oh, how we need the word of God these days. And he says, he says, take and eat this food and Uh, And they gave thanks, but yet the storm didn't stop even after that. And now all of a sudden, they realize that if they don't do what Paul says, that they're all going to die. I wonder how many of us this morning can see the storms that surround us and are so moved by what we see. The event, first of all, of the storm. Then secondly, we know because... That it lines up with the word of God that we see that Jesus is getting ready to come and it's going to be a boisterous ride until we get home. I love what the book says. The Bible says, and when they had taken up the anchors and committed themselves, how many of us are committed no matter what? We're willing to pay the price just to see one soul get saved. One of the preachers asked me, he said, Preacher, if we don't see anybody saved, is it still going to be worth it? The Word of God goes out, and by the way, this church, listen, just last week, we gave out, gave out almost 50 or 60 Bibles, maybe more, big Bibles, some that the ten had bought, and I stole some from over here because people were asking and wanting them so much. And not only that, the little blue New Testament Bibles, I don't have one in the pulpit, They're in the back of the church. I gave away a whole box of those that the preachers were handing out and giving to people. And that's like seeds being dropped. Like seeds being dropped. Thank you, Tim. Seeds being dropped in good ground. What we're experiencing at Mount Gilead, we're getting ready to go through some of the biggest storms that we've ever encountered. Somebody said, well, preacher, I don't want to go to a church where there's storms. If we don't have a few storms come our way all along. And we need to question where we stand with God. Just a few weeks ago, I had a preacher telling me about some things going on in his church. And he said, I believe that God is working so much and and the devil's watching what we're doing and he's looking for any way in that he can disrupt the natural rhythm of that church. But it's time that we just set our sights on shore. Set our sights on shore take up the anchors and commit ourselves under the sea and loose the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made towards shore. Sometimes I feel like that's what we're doing. Doing all that we can to see people get saved. And if just one soul walks the aisle for Jesus Christ, it's worth it. Every step, everything that we do, it is worth it. I want to say to Mount Gilead that I think that you're one of the greatest churches in northeast Georgia. I believe that. We're holding on to a way of worship and belief that many people have let go of. And it's just in our hearts to stay that way. Many of you today have, uh, have found comfort and solace just by sitting next to another believer in church. But it's the power and the Spirit of God that is making you feel what you feel to continually bring you back. And not only that, Mount Gilead's a great place to raise a family. I don't know where else you could go and get your kids in the choir and let them sing side by side with you and lift their voices and learn the art and the gift of worship in singing unto God. They said, well, preacher, you make it sound like we're perfect. We're not perfect. We're not, but God has blessed us. What I'm saying is we're almost home. I believe that Jesus is coming just any day, just any day. But what are we to do in this storm of spirituality that's going around us and with us? Well, we've got to do like Paul did. We've got to eat the bread, the word of God that God has provided for us. And I want to make you a commitment today. No matter how boisterous the storms of life come in and through us, I'm going to make you a commitment that I'm going to study, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to continually be on my knees trying to preach the Word of God to you and for you. It's not just a, something that I'll, I like to do or enjoy to do. I'm called to do that. And I can't get enough of the Word of God. And then as church members, we need to make a commitment To make sure that our children are under the sound gospel. You know we can put all kinds of things in this church to make it a little bit easier. And I'm going to say something right now that's probably going to strike a chord with a lot of you. We could take our children downstairs. Set them in front of a TV screen. Feed them Kool-Aid and cookies. Let them sit downstairs. And never get under the preaching of the gospel. Until they're 8, nine, ten years of age. Listen to me. Somebody came to me one time and said, a Preacher, if we had that, we could enjoy the service better. But if you take the kids out, they're not going to be able to learn. And an unruly child is not the child's fault. It's mom and daddy's fault. And if I can't preach over a, a crying baby or a little child, I need to find another job. But we're in this together, amen. The generous thing to do is that when somebody, you can't get control of the situation, just get up and go outside for just a minute and do like my daddy did, beat the devil out of me and bring me back in the church. (laughs) I may say, well, preacher, I'm going to stop right there while I'm ahead. But our children are an asset to our service. And they need to be in the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard. And I want to share something in closing today that was, uh, I just feel like that God has, I don't know, I just feel like God is, is putting it on my heart to go around to a lot of places and be an encourager in these last days. I've never seen a time like what we're experiencing. Um, one of the, I'm not going to name names of, of people because I was told so much this past week. A lot of move-ins over the mountain. that People from Florida, Atlanta. Uh, well, even I met some people from Greenville that had moved up there. and A lot of these young families are bringing their kids to Woody Gap and they're going there to hide or get away from the hustle and bustle of life. One of them said, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. My daughter, my kids have gone to school here at Woody Gap and uh, it it seems so peaceful up there but it said a lot of the people that have moved in are atheists. Well, they're coming to our children and they're setting their atheist children that are being raised up next to our Christian kids and these atheist children have an agenda and they're telling our kids that there's nothing to God. And they're convincing them. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 975 Glory FM, your family radio station in North.